what you just heard was Aaron Grubb's rendition of Lon Lon Ranch from Ocarina of Time, and today we're joined by the composer himself. Welcome to a special Zelda Month episode of the Switch Clicks podcast. I'm your host Dakota, and today I'm joined by our resident hyper Zelda geek Nathan. Tonight we're joined by Aaron Grubb, a musician that is known for remastering or recomposing iconic Zelda themes, one of which you just heard. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Hi, how's it going? what you do what do you do (laughs) (laughs) well most of what i do as far as zelda is concerned i take existing zelda music and make it my own i guess uh the technical term is covering it i mean if it's an old one like from the original legend of zelda like the game over theme that i've already released uh it just started off as one note at a time on the original um, legend of zelda but i made it into a full-fledged song with strings and choir and and cello and stuff. So that's kind of what I do. I transform, I think that's a better word for it. I transform Legend of Zelda music into something new. Yeah, which is something that I don't think I would have ever heard in my lifetime unless they were to remake those original games. And it gives almost a whole different perspective to those older games. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like revisiting memories, but you suddenly see them in a completely different way. Yeah, I've gotten messages from people or, or, you know, or just even the playlist titles people put my music into. Uh, it's very clear that my versions feel nostalgic to them. Like I, I add some nostalgia somehow. It doesn't even make sense. But that seems like what people are, are getting out of it. Yeah, it's almost that uh, sensation of when you were little, probably like under 10 or something, and you played these older games, this is how you, it sounded like in your head. But now you come to, if you revisit the games, they don't sound like that at all. But you kind of just, you legitimize that forgotten memory, you could say. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds good. So what do you do outside of making music? I think there's photographer in that resume. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do make other music, but that's more recent. For the last 10 years or so, I've done photography. If you're familiar with my music at all, uh, or you know, with me on social media, you, you know, my profile picture is basically a selfie, and uh, some of my other album covers, like my the first one I released, Grudo Valley, that's my son in Legend of Zelda outfit, and then the Emberwood theme that I wrote, uh, that's my daughter on the front. But if you know, if if you're curious, you can always go to Instagram and look me up. It's uh, gr- at Grub Aaron instead of Aaron Grub. Yeah, we'll throw that in the description. And for our first major question, I'd ask, uh, what made you want to become a musician? Oh, gosh. So when I was like five, I think, I started, I don't know, hearing piano on the radio or something. I don't even remember where I was hearing it. But I started like just begging my parents to get a piano. 
and we weren't rich or anything. So it took a while, but my parents found like a, a cheap piano to bring home. It turned out to be a good piano that somebody was just getting rid of for cheap, but I really uh, enjoyed that piano. I don't know. I, I must have just had a, a love of music uh, earlier than I can remember having a love for music. You know, memories are great over time. But um, mm-hmm. and uh, progressively, I just got more and more interested in it. Like in middle school, um, I heard a saxophone in a song. I wanted to play the saxophone. Then the saxophone stopped being so popular. (laughs) And I didn't want to play it anymore. But, you know, it it just like in different parts of my life, I was inspired by a a different instrument. And um, I always came back to the piano. But, um, you know, in high school, electric guitar was obviously a more popular instrument for a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A cooler, (laughs) cooler instrument. What's the list of instruments that you know how to play okay so um (laughs) oh boy (laughs) uh, um well i mean the thing is do i play it well or do i just obviously the piano i've been playing that since i was six like i said so that's like the instrument i would always come back to i think but um the saxophone i don't know how to play the saxophone anymore but i think I i could probably pick it up i play the mandolin a little bit like i'm not like super super good but like i can do some picking and some some good uh drumming on that too acoustic and electric guitar and you know if you play those instruments you can basically play the bass but doesn't mean you play it really well i can play the bass like as long as i'm not expected to do anything terribly complex you know i know all the chords and you know where my fingers go so that's easy enough i do not play any like bowed instruments like the violin or and i and no like wind instruments like flutes i've always been terrible at wind instruments Grass. um you know my brother had a trumpet under his bed um the one summer and i pulled it out and i started teaching myself but i wasn't very good at it i had other things to do so i walked away and uh, blew stuff up, blew, blew some stuff up in the backyard instead. Understandable. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I was like twelve or something and had some extra fireworks to. I still, I still envy you. I, I, I can only play like the saxophone, and as far as anything else goes, I'm very, very in the basics of it. Barely gone past <laughs> the basics. All right, well, keep at it, man. <laughs> <laughs> the piano, the piano, the piano is a great place to start for for any musician, in my opinion. Yeah. That's where I personally started, but uh, just kind of fell out of it. Yeah, it's it's um, it's good for understanding music theory because of its linear nature. For the uh, instruments in your music, is that all? I guess samples is the right word. What would, what would you call that? I would call them sample libraries. So they've been designed so that you can. You, I mean, I could program if I wanted to, but that would just take ages, and it wouldn't have any feeling in it but i mean if you think about it you know uh, okay so the older keyboards that have the sounds in them yep. yeah it's basically the same thing except those sounds are in your computer instead so and, and usually we call those sample libraries or some people you know some of them might you might call them vsts or but um you generally i mean it's just so much easier just to play it on the keyboard but you have to if you listen to some of my like more orchestrated ones that takes a lot of thought and design kind of in a way, you know, like it's it's like I'm I'm doing composition, like I, I'm being a composer, music producer more than I am being a musician, um, except when I'm playing like the piano or yeah, it's kind of like composing like an entire like entire symphony orchestra or something, having to having to make it sound nice. Did you guys get a chance to listen to my new version of Gruta Valley or? what is it um full steam ahead on uh soundcloud 
I did I, listen to the I, full Steam Ahead, and I loved it. <laughs> yes, oh. that one was insane. I didn't get to Gerudo Valley, though, but oh my gosh. Well, thanks for listening to that. Um, that took a lot of um, parts. Like, there, I mean, I, there are... There's even clarinets, flutes, and, like, oboes and things in the background there, as well as the... Um, descant horn and trumpet and uh like five string part well actually probably more than five string parts i don't know i don't know but there's a lot going on there and so that takes more of a a composer mindset and so you know if someone was worse to criticize like oh you're using sample libraries i'd be like well i mean i'm basically doing the same thing as somebody writing it down by by hand or in like sibelius or pretty much there's just no other bible way really yeah i mean i'm i don't have thousands of dollars to throw at a an orchestra <laughs> uh, yeah. and i would have to pay like an orchestrator or an arranger or whatever to exactly print out the the different parts for like 200 different people or something much much cheaper to just throw it on your computer and just use a bunch of different sound libraries yeah even like i've seen like a couple of people use like even the i don't want to be i don't want to say cheap but you know like stuff like finale oh yeah even the most basic uh, even the most basic programs because they're just like especially for high school students or college students there's just no way they can actually do a whole thing oh yeah basically zero budget exactly yeah i mean you can go pretty cheap like um <clears throat> if you have a friend that um bought a audio interface or some speakers or a keyboard or something sometimes they get a free version of ableton bitwig or something like that i mean it's basically like as far as ableton goes it's basically a fully functional daw um to use a technical term um it's just the um recording software you can only do like eight channels but you can do a lot with eight channels you know um and then you go out and go to like uh spitfire labs or whatever and those are all free um and if you go over to you know a, there's a whole bunch of different companies that give out free software so you could basically score like a short film or something with um, free software. There's enough good software out there. It, you'd just be really limited. You'd have to work around your limitations, but it's it could be doable. I guess that kind of brings us to like the question: How does it look like when you're like trying like creating a new project? What is it like? What are like the first moments for that? That's a hard question. I think I think it's different each time, but um, in general. I mean, often I, I kind of have an idea of what I want. I mean, like when I first started, I would just have to like noodle around like on the piano or, or something to, to decide what um, I wanted to do. But now, I, but now I, sometimes I actually can actually visualize what I want, but that doesn't mean that's where I end up at all. Like I'll start there and then I'll, I'll just follow it wherever it goes. So like one that people can actually look up um, that I've released, Departure, I didn't know what I was going to do with that. Um, I thought maybe it would just end up being a piano thing. And then I uh, lately I've been going a little hog wild on, you know, all of a sudden, like Gerudo Valley, I didn't know. When I first started doing the new version of Gerudo Valley, I was thinking solo piano or something and like a relaxing version. <laughs> um, uh, but But it kind of built up into this incredibly epic part at the end there um so make sure you go back and listen to that 
Um, and if somebody's listening to this in January, uh, it should be out by then, like the whole album. We will look forward to seeing that. As a matter of fact, I'm actually listening to one of your your Groove Valleys, and this is that intro is really, really starting to build up there. kind of uh, strafe towards um, your inspirations and uh, kind of how you grew up and whatnot. Um, first question would be, what musicians influenced you either growing up or even now? I think like in high school, like I, I loved um, Radiohead's OK Computers, but that album, like you should go listen to it. It's like I would listen to it from beginning to start um, beginning to end because I, I feel like it one thing. It's not like one song. It's like a whole experience mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And um, I mean, I listen to a lot of oldies too, um, but I feel like that was more like, I don't know. I feel like the, the Beatles did influence the way I played piano. I'm having trouble thinking of anything else besides classical music because um, in piano lessons, in piano lessons, I did play a lot of classical pieces. Um, I was influenced by like Chopin like um what is that is it uh prelude in e minor or something like that some melancholy stuff like that like is it eric satie that did um oh somebody out there's gonna know what i'm talking about the um it's a real calm song and if you listen to that and then you listen to like my version of saria's song you'll totally hear it in that conversation you said your piano lessons um what was your first music teacher like um what lessons did you learn from them that you use today oh yeah um since i started when i was six i don't remember all of it but she was super nice um she gave me stickers on every (laughs) every little thing that i did right um (laughs) i so i guess making making it fun was the thing i take away from Instead of, you know, like some people, they set the, their, their kids up with a classical music teacher and they are like, that's incorrect. Do it right. You know, and they're, you know, really maybe harsh, I guess, or, you know, like um, high standards. More, type of Yeah. More of like a taskmaster, you know? Oh, yeah. But no, I, I had the very opposite experience. Like I probably didn't play um, bone sweet bone perfectly. <laughs> I, I'm sure she let it slip, you know, a little bit. I'm almost in the same boat. I've had, I think, a, a handful of piano teachers. With the, my first one, I lasted like three years with her, and she was Serbian, or she was Serbian European, and she was just hardcore, almost to the point where like she would slap your hand with a ruler if you got it wrong. Oh <laughs> but, wow. I'm sure if that was legal, she would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but after those three years, she, uh, I got to the point with her and, and it, it, 
and I learned it. And then I went off to a different teacher and she was a lot easier on me. Um, mind you, the lessons were less interesting. Oh, <laughs> uh -huh, yeah. Yeah. And then, I, and then I eventually stopped and never kept up with it, unfortunately. Have you ever taught somebody an instrument? I started teaching my friend's son piano. Um, he wanted to learn uh, photography and piano. Um, <laughs> so, uh, skills. yeah, very, very different skills. Um, so we tried to focus on piano first or, or, you know, eventually on different days, but it was just really hard to figure out like a schedule for that because it was just extremely inconvenient timing for me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I knew I was going to be, uh, really busy. Um, my, you know, the music that was around the time I started uh, the Legend of Zelda music. Um, so I knew that if I wanted to focus any time at all on the music, um, that I would need to say no to that. And I assume as a teacher, you would need to kind of, because it's only one-on-one, -on -one, and that's like almost your first time teaching somebody, you would probably have to think about how you wanted to teach the person, and sometimes how you want to teach them doesn't work for them. Exactly. Um, I am not a teacher. <laughs> um, so teaching somebody who needs a good teacher um, was just the, the first difficulty. And then trying to design a curriculum uh, when I don't know how to design a curriculum and uh, I don't know the best way or any techniques or strategies to teach anyone, uh, it was quite a challenge. Just get that ruler out every time they do something wrong. <laughs> um, so bouncing back, we forgot to we sort of forgot to ask this earlier on, but I guess uh, which instrument is like your least favorite to play? Um, I mean, may maybe I would say the bass, um, not just because I'm not super good at it, but like I feel like I have no imagination for how to play the bass you know like i i can't i can't explain it like i can i can like do all these things with orchestral instruments and you know sometimes i uh come to a standstill i have no idea what to do but like on the bass when i've tried to like come up with something interesting it's i i draw a blank more than anything so i just feel kind of awkward i guess i think i think i know what you mean um because like most of the times they're literally just playing four different notes throughout the entire piece like it could yeah. go to that point where they're just playing four different notes the entire piece and yeah it's it's really just repetition at that point there's no you have to get really really creative to just give bass a meaning in this <laughs> well even though their job is really just to keep the others and uh, just to keep you know the music in line um alongside right. the question you know I have to assume that this isn't your full-time job, right? Well, that's a... a, a complicated? A, a, that's a complicated question, but I can answer <laughs> that. Um, okay. Well, I was developing my photography business, um, and it was, it, you know, it was on the upward uh, trend towards, uh, you know, having a, a good income from that. But, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, unexpectedly, um, we got pregnant and were, uh, you know, uh, I was going to have a third child, which, you know, people with kids out there are like, holy cow, uh, how did you, <laughs> how do you get anything done? Um, yeah. 
So my, you know, photography kind of was uh, on the back burner. I was still scheduling uh, photography jobs, but you know, obviously I can't do as many as I was doing. Um, but then, uh, you know, a lockdown happened. I had like no jobs for like eight months or something. I can't remember. Sure. Um, seems to be a lot of people's story. <laughs> yeah, I had to sell some of my gear because uh, the government gave me absolutely zero dollars like they gave uh, a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I know I, I met this guy who was like, oh, yeah, with the extra money uh, that they gave me, I like built this giant shed here. See, you know, and um, I got no money at all. And I actually needed it. Um, but okay. So, um, I kind of like some of the clients I had before didn't call me back, you know, they didn't, uh, bring me back in, um, after lockdown ended. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I also came to a realization that like, uh, all this people pleasing is really stressful, like just constant stress, like, uh, before, during and after jobs sometimes. Uh, lucky for me, I decided to start doing music right before lockdown happened. So I got a bunch of that um, started during lockdown, uh, the bulk of album one, in fact. So that has grown over time. And um, it's, I don't want to like throw out like solid numbers or anything, but like I'm, sure. I, I just calculated yesterday that I'm actually making more than a, a part-time job. I was working a part-time job, but um so, you know, I can supplement with photography if I wanted to, but I'm actually focusing full-time on music now. Now that now that uh, my youngest child is in kindergarten, I can actually put about seven hours a day towards it and try to get all this out. So I guess um, all that to say, I am pretty much doing it full-time now. Um, so it started this fall that I started doing that. And I think that, you know, putting out the album three and the the other album that I'm going to put out, the non Zelda video game cover album, yeah, um, kind of in the same style that I'm doing the Legend of Zelda music in. I think with putting that out, I think I'll be closer to full time pay. And so, so the end goal is obviously making a living from music, uh, but I'm also doing other projects to try to diversify, like where the money's coming. Yeah, I only ask because. Um... Assuming that uh, musicians or wannabe musicians are listening to this podcast episode, um, it's always curious to see anyone. It's always intriguing to see if anybody is actually making money off of it, because that's usually the end goal. Yeah. um, Just speaking to those people, um, it is possible to do. It just uh, you kind of got to do it right. Like I see a lot of people in every genre they put out music and then they wait and you know they, they might make a social <laughs> social media post and they might ask their their friends to listen to it uh, oh, and that's what, yeah you know and that and, you know and that's what i did you know a long while ago but in the long run that doesn't do anything for you um you got to find those long-term listeners and i mean there's something to be said for growing your social media you know, presence and, and, um, you know, putting your personality out there, uh, which I'm, I'm really not that good at that. But, uh, the big thing for me was since I'm doing covers, um, especially in that sub genre or sub niche, you know, of, you know, not just video game covers, but 
Legend of Zelda video game covers, yeah, um, you can just look up like the playlists on Spotify and then message those people and ask them to put me on your playlist. And then some of them say no, and some of them say yes. And either way, you're 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 getting some some uh, traction. <clears throat> but if you are in a a genre like even if it's just original piano music or uh, folk music or or whatever it is, um, and you are having a hard time gaining traction sometimes just doing a cover or two um can help but um there's a catch uh, a lot of people do a cover of a song exactly like the original mm-hmm. um and if you're a local band doing that at a bar that's that's great actually but if you want it to get listened to on spotify you got to make it unique and I, I i think that's one of the reasons i've gained so much traction and so many followers is because like if you look at a song like Surya's song or Song of Storms, listen to the original and listen to mine, it's like so different. Like like people have never heard it that way before. And if you can mm-hmm. if if you can do that, then you'll get some traction. Reminded me of how we started our podcast. It was almost the same thing, and we almost deal like with the same thing. It's all audio. We deal with Spotify, YouTube, social media, whatever. And I'm um, <laughs> And then yeah, when we first started, we put it out and just wait and (laughs) didn't really go anywhere for about the first year or so and then we decided to uh, collaborate with uh other like last year we did zelda month um and then just before last year's zelda month we were at the uh, linktober zelda creator con and that actually helped us find other creators and kind of interact with them um and now we're doing zelda month again um, and we're collaborating with even more people and doing even more collaborations. Um, it is, it is. We have kind of learned that it's a kind of about uh, give some, get some, almost. Um, like keeping your passion going, in a sense. If you can, if you can help somebody push their passion while also helping us push our passion, then it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, um, a, yeah. A collaboration is a. Um another one of those things that uh have helped people gain traction like you said but like in music um some people have really um become um successful by collaborating like as far as music goes aim for don't just like drop people messages mainly hey uh collab bro um (laughs) i mean people people do that and it's like ridiculous and nobody ever says yes uh like look for somebody with a a similar size of following and and try to collaborate with them maybe with a genuine interest towards collaborating and actually helping each other yeah exactly um i mean like with um ivlia who um collaborated with me on lawn on ranch um Mm -hmm. i i basically played the role as like pianist and producer and whatever and and she did the vocals Uh, and our followings aren't i don't think they're really similar sizes um in that case i was just going for talent and and not only that but she is fantastic like as a person and as a creator and everything like that so um all those things together like if i if i would have found a singer who is kind of a jerk and um you know but talented like i i would have just moved on um so uh, there's you know there's also something to be said there's about that being personality nice side as a general standpoint from uh what we discussed about collaborations uh i guess 
how did like the internet as a whole kind of like affected your uh, music business? Oh man. Um, at this point, I couldn't have done it without the internet. Um, like when I was younger, I was, I was thinking, Oh gosh, I'm going to be like a songwriter and I'm going to, you know, play live and, um, you know, make a record and, and like send it places or something like people used to, you know, uh, unfortunately I was suffering, um, the Dunning Kruger effect at that point, I wasn't actually very good at it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but you know, if, if I would have put it out on Spotify at that point, like the music I was making, then I still wouldn't have gotten anybody to listen to it. Um, like if, if that was now because the music just wasn't very good, but, um, (laughs) uh, but with the music I have now, um, I would have to be selling CDs. Like, I don't know what I would do. I, th- I would probably have to travel around the Pacific Northwest and dropping into all of the music stores, just cold calling, you know, asking, can, will you sell my CD, you know, um, and trusting that they'll give me the money for selling it. But there's also yeah. that cost of having to um, get those physical mediums out as well. Yeah, it's it can be pretty expensive, especially um, like if it's original music, it's it's pretty cheap, uh, really. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, what people don't think about with covers is that not only do you have to pay for licensing, oh um, yeah, <laughs> like uh, like for digital stuff, but like when you add together the cost of CDs and the cost of licensing music for the CDs, it's mm-hmm an enormous cost i think um for what i the the amount of cds i was gonna do i calculated it was gonna be around three or four hundred dollars yeah and i can't remember Dang. how many C- cds that was but um but that's also not taking like logistics and stuff into consideration oh yeah like like um postage and so because you make um covers of zelda music most of the time um and now you're kind of trying to get into original stuff do you ever worry that um, you have to be stuck with Zelda or or you become the Zelda cover guy? As a, as a YouTube channel, we always... That's a delicate line. If something gets super popular, we don't want to keep repeating it and then just get stuck with it. Well, I mean, I have thought of that because um, this the my fourth album that's going to come after Legend of Zelda Collection Volume 3 or whatever... Um, it's going to be like all games that are not Zelda. Um, so I'll see how that goes. But yes, I mean, I, I, I have had that thought, but I feel like it's a pretty easy lateral move to start doing other games and still, and still be a part of the Zelda community um, that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to get listened to quite as much. It might be a little more difficult to break into the other. I mean, cause like if I'm only gonna do two songs or one or two songs per game, then I, I'm not joining that community. You know, I'm just making music at that point. But but um, as far as original music goes, um, I don't know that that would be a hindrance at all. Um, but I don't know how I would get my original music heard more than it's getting listened to, um, unless there's some playlists that are specific to the the type of music I'm making. Yeah. It's it's always a delicate balance, and now you just got to test it to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, that's coming up here. <laughs> so uh, in this final chunk, uh, these are two questions we always ask every guest. Uh, the first one would be, 
what got you into the Zelda series specifically? Oh, um, <clears throat> well, I'm old. Okay. I'm not enough. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, 25 anymore. Um, so <clears throat> when I was like five or six, like I had, um, I okay. At, my first introduction to it was at a friend's house who had the original NES. Oh, that's why that's why heck. I said I'm yeah, that's why I said I'm old. Um uh and I I was like pretty excited uh about the Legend of Zelda game. Um I think they ended up playing uh, since since we couldn't like m- more than one person couldn't play, I think they switched yeah. to um Super Mario, but and which I also loved, but <clears throat> that was my first experience just being like, "Ooh, what is this? This is amazing." <clears throat> um and obviously the music, but um and just seeing that around at other people's houses, you know, um, is what I w- what got me interested. But um, my parents never let us have a console, so um, that kind of fell by the wayside a little bit after um, you know experiencing it at other people's houses. Um, but I was always interested in it. And then you know, later on, um, uh, I think maybe my friend had a, a game on the Game Boy on the school bus or something, <clears throat> but. Um, I think the the next big like uh, experience with Zelda was um, uh, my best friend came to live with me when I lived in Montana uh, to be my roommate, and he um, he had multiple system, gaming systems, uh, including the Xbox. And we played Halo. A lot. I love Halo. Um, um, and then he had a GameCube with Wind Waker on it, and I just watched him play that for so many hours that that like the music from that game will just pop in my head any day any time uh just randomly just it's such good music like, um like you're the title screen in your head and oh man yeah looping uh day and night um, <laughs> <laughs> um not literally i mean it was like back then like just all the time just yeah oh, i can't get out of my head it's but i, I didn't like... i didn't i didn't mind because it was so good but um but uh my wife also like plays all the games um and so like i watched her play just about every game uh not not the handhelds but like the um the console ones um and you know and um so since we were spending so much time together like i started to actually get to play them um at that point after you know just being enthralled with the series before that uh, and you know, I can't remember what my my first games that I played were, but um, you know, I played Skyward Sword and mm-hmm. um, uh, and some Wind Waker and Breath of the Wild and oh, A uh, Link Between Worlds. I actually I actually played the, um, that one. Uh, she uh-huh. ended up getting a 3DS. I, that's a, that has some really good music too, but I can't license any of that music. Um, uh, but yeah, the, I wish I could do some of the, the songs from from that. Um, I, I played some other games too, but um, <clears throat> those were the main ones off the top of my head. But I mean, if, come on, every every Zelda uh, um, game has good music. But yeah, yeah. and they're in their own respective right. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that kind of leads us to asking um, the curious question here: uh, Which one of the games is your favorite? <clears throat> okay, I'm. Uh, 
I'm going to lose about half my fans here. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, if I'm going to exclude Breath of the Wild, I think <clears throat> while I did enjoy the other ones, I I, I really did get into uh, a link between worlds a lot. Oh, a Link's Awakening is one I forgot that I said I played uh, to say that I played. Um, but I, I really did like A Link Between Worlds. Maybe it was the music that I liked so much about it, but it was a fun game. <clears throat> but um, like, I like Breath of the Wild for like a completely different reason that you know I'd like the other ones. I feel I just felt yeah. like I was I, I just felt like I was there, you know. And and for me, that's like important with video uh, with video games. Um, so a lot of the other <clears throat> like the three D Zeldas that I played. Um, I did start a game of Ocarina of Time at some point, um, but I think I think I was just busy. I didn't keep playing it. But one thing that 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 kept me from being more immersed in some of those um, older games is like how how the buttons like are sometimes multifunctional and sometimes they don't do oh. what you want you to want you don't want them to do. I know so exactly I, what you mean. Yeah, I, so, I can easily relate. So I like before before my friend moved in with me in Montana yeah. most of the games I played were on PC and like you can map everything to every button, you know? And yeah, so like, and, and then once you get used to it, you're like, you're not even thinking about it anymore. So it's kind of second nature. And then, um, so much freedom. Yeah. But then, you know, you, that le- get, lets you get immersed in it a little bit more. <clears throat> um, so like if, if, if I'm going to like, uh, press the trigger button, like when I'm when I see an enemy and then like I jump instead, I like I, I you know, that would take me out of the game and be like, what are you doing? Like, stop, <laughs> stop it. <clears throat> or like I like I throw a crowbar instead or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or I just suddenly drop all of my items when I meant to shoot somebody, you know, I don't. <laughs> I don't it's, know. It's, like, yeah, go ahead. I know what you mean. It's um, it's kind of like especially when you try to put yourself into playing the older games um, yeah. retrospectively they just kind of feel like very restrictive like you're just kind of stuck there and you know you're trying to press one button to do something and then suddenly you you waste all of your items and oops i jumped off of uh something 100 feet in the air yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> now to, to, to anybody listening i do plan on going all the way to the beginning and playing the original, I don't know. I don't. I, maybe I'll try um, Adventure of Link, uh, but I might skip that one also. Um, <laughs> but but I will play the first game, it's and absolutely like I will absolutely uh, finish Ocarina of Time because that's a must. Um, yes. And it if I play that, I I might want to do Majora's Mask as well. Although, um, sorry. Um, I'm not in love with uh, like the way they did a lot of the music in Majora's Mask. Like I love Song of Healing. I love uh, a lot of songs from it, but like I, I I don't know. I feel like it's some of the like I don't know uh, sound fonts or whatever. Oh, like all those like compression um, as well. Uh, probably yeah. Like like there's a certain instrument that rubs me the wrong way from Majora's Mask that they used a lot. Anyway, <clears throat> so sorry um, <laughs> to Majora's Mask. um i I was just watching my wife um play majora's mask uh, not long ago and um i don't know there's a certain feel to some of the music in that game um like i like some of my the favorite songs that i've done are from majora's mask as well like um, yeah like uh 
I, I, I labeled it Oath to Order, but I think it's actually like Calling the Four Giants. Um, <clears throat> uh, but like without having the album to cross-reference, it's hard to get the track names right when you're licensing it and all that. <clears throat> but um, uh, that one, I, I loved doing that song and Song of Healing. just filled with iconic catchy music um but then again um majora's mask had a billion more tracks on that um on that game so you know in the defense of majora's mask you know uh percentages i mean they also kind of had more uh how do i describe like emotion towards them whereas like Whereas Ocarina of Time kind of felt more of an adventurous thing, uh, Majora's Mask had that depressing type of feel, or yeah, that sometimes too. a little somber, atmospheric, um, kind of like a more varied mixed everything. And you kind of ha- you kind of felt like you were like when you were listening to the music, you could actually like imagine the scenes that were going on. Whereas Ocarina of Time is just kind of like, oh, I know that theme, like I love that theme, it's really catchy, but. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I I've talked to a lot of people, um, like uh, Celeste um, Roberts, who uh, works with Boss Rush and another Zelda podcast, etc. Um, she said that like my version of Song of Healing like made her cry because it like such a, like a meaningful connection to the game when that song plays. So I yeah I I totally get what you what you mean there because um, while Ocarina of Time is so iconic and catchy, um, a lot of people have an emotional like a deeper emotional connection to Majora's Mask. So um, yeah, a, a, a point to Majora's Mask for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Five points for Gryffindor. Well, that does lead me to ask you though. You did imply earlier that you kind of wanted to exclude breath of the wild from the list um how does breath of the wild music um sound to you um i'm not one of those people who are like uh you know it doesn't even have a soundtrack um (laughs) (laughs) sorry to anyone who actually said those uh words verbatim um um and in that whatever that was um i i think it's uh fantastic honestly like it's not like a soundtrack that i would cover i feel like it's it's more like i feel like the composer did a phenomenal job in making it a part of your life in breath of the wild like like you're riding a horse so this this you know that 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 sound starts playing and it's just it like you, you all, yeah, you almost don't even notice it's playing because it's like when you wake up, it's that, you know, that 
whatever. Yeah, the the, Hy- <laughs> the Hyrule Field morning sound. Yeah. Um, so most of the music from that, I feel like, is just like an extension or accentuation of what's going on. Um, like, I mean, if you go to Hatino Village or Kakariko or Lorellan or Hyrule Castle or or whatever, yeah, you, you get the theme. You know, what, I mean, and those are some. That's some great music too. Um, but I feel like it, it's it's a phenomenal soundtrack. It's just not like Ocarina of Time, where you can you're just humming it all day. You know, you're not being, you're not like prancing around your backyard doing it. You know, yeah, it's just not something that you can you can just imagine in your head unless like it's it's only just like very specific themes in that game. Whereas Ocarina of Time, you can basically imagine everything else. Although it would be fun um, to have the um, Guardian theme queued up on your phone and just play it random places in public and see who reacts. <laughs> oh <laughs> and, man! That... And that and that might just prove my point about like how how good it really is, you know? Yeah, I, I've heard some people set that as their uh, alarm to uh, oh, their alarm no. to wake no. up. <laughs> I would I would probably make um, <laughs> like the morning sound or like. Uh, Hatino Village theme or something. Yeah, something that kind of emphasizes that you're waking up or you're oh, at home. No, the stables theme. Oh, yes. That, that would be a great wake up song. Yes. <laughs> Which is on my second album, uh, Self Promotion, here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw that. I, actually, uh, I, um, I took a look at it the other day. I didn't actually get to listen to it, though. Yeah, it's, it's more of a fall asleep happy song, but yeah. Works both ways. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I might just try that. <laughs> Wake up to my own music. As a final question, um, what piece of the Triforce do you think you inherited uh... or contained—power, <laughs> courage, or or wisdom? Oh, now here's where you get to know me. Um, <clears throat> it seems like everything in my life is like, oh, are you this or that? And like, oh no, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the middle somewhere, you know. <clears throat> or like are you know are are you an engineer no i'm not an engineer no i mean i mean if i was an engineer i'd be like oh yeah I'm but like as far as like um what would i say um like i'm not one of those people that's super like extreme one way or the other or like i'm really good at one thing i i'm <clears throat> i'm I'm not really good at one thing. I'm I'm kind of good at a lot of things, or I'm kind of interested in a lot of things. I'm kind of uh, more compli- contemplative. Like when it comes to politics, I'm like, oh, what about this? What about that? Like, oh, I see your point of view. And um, <clears throat> uh, I mean, that's changed a little bit lately. But I mean, <clears throat> uh, observational for, for... kind of stance. Sorry, say that again. Kind of like being like the observational guy and taking a look at every every side, yeah. of, every piece of the puzzle. <clears throat> Yeah, and if anybody's uh, if anybody out there is into the the Enneagram personality uh, test, uh, I'm a Type Nine, which which should tell you a lot, um, because Type Nines are usually more like can see everyone's point of view, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and so you know, when I found that test, I was like, holy cow, I'm totally a nine. Gosh, um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, so like when I thought of this question i was thinking oh gosh i don't i don't know if i fit into any of those but like maybe i would lean more towards like wisdom just because it's 
like non-combative, you know, like I, powers I like to say that too. <laughs> yeah, like especially type, you know, you think type nines, they're like, oh, you know, avoiding conflict and stuff. <clears throat> um I'm trying to improve myself on that too, but like trying to embrace my eight side, which is which is like power or courage, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so so maybe maybe I'm growing into like courage. Um, but like I'm I'm kind of in the middle, but like leaning towards wisdom a little bit because I mean I do gather knowledge, but that's not the same thing as wisdom. But you know, you could maybe draw that. Cool. Um, Aaron, if you'd like, if you have anything to shout out, um, anything he says in the next 30 seconds, I'll have in the description below. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, um, I spend a lot of time on Twitter um, and I'm at Aaron M. Grubb. That's A-A-R-O-N-M-G-R-U-B-B. Um, and then Aaron Grubb music in a lot of places. Aaron Grubb on Spotify and all of the streaming services um at grub aaron for photography on instagram uh or aarongrub.com i mean that's a good place if you wanted to message me uh send me a message you could uh send me a message on anywhere but like if you want to do my website you can feel free to do that too i don't know but um i do like getting messages from people that listen to my music so or you know or musicians that um want to pick my brain a little bit about how to crack that Spotify code, you might say. Um, <laughs> so feel free to send me a message. Thank you for joining us and discussing the world of music covers with Aaron Grubb. Check out our other Zelda Month content all month long on our YouTube channel. We'd love it if you could follow us on Twitter and listen to future episodes on Spotify and iTunes. Join our community Discord server to continue today's discussion. And we'll see you next time on the Switch Clicks podcast. <laughs> <laughs>